Well, that's good. I'm glad there's a recording in progress because we've tried multiple platforms today uh, to try to get this up, especially since it's been mm, possibly about mm, three weeks, yeah? Right. Little uh, cyberpunk gaming music there, courtesy of White Bat Audio, always royalty-free for anybody that's doing streaming. Lots a little bit of bumper bumper. So yeah, it's your uh, boy Rocco, the King Size Muscle, King Size Muscle 2. Your local 6662269 podcast after a much-deserved hiatus, as I was uh, having adventures. And sometimes you got to do that. You got to step out and have adventures. Uh, word of note, of course, this is uh, day five of uh, having COVID. Yeah. Essentially, upon returning from uh, Las Vegas uh, on a very early, red, early morning flight, I was already kind of getting the throaty thing, you know. I, I've, I have my tonsils still, still got my appendix too. Um, so I, I knew I was kind of coming down with something. And I thought maybe it was the smoke in the casino, because that's often the case, because the flamingo is like, they still give out matches. I mean, I'm surprised they don't give out cigarettes like they do in China. Um, it's an oldie, but a goodie. You know, I remember Rio from the Comdex days. Uh, and it was always, of course, about the Rio Buffet because it was international. And if you were at Comdex, it usually had an international crew uh, from different parts of the country. You know, most of the time when I get together uh, with my guys, it's usually pretty international anyway. So uh, that's how we roll. That's how you get to be internationally known, right? You got to have an international crew. So uh, I didn't see it open the whole time. I was there, but I was there during the week. Maybe it's open the week, and I have no idea. It's not my concern anyway because it's a buffet and, you know, I'm not, I'm not buffet oriented currently because I'm trying to cut back, right? I'm coming in at uh, 317 right now. So that's good. We're down like you know, over 40 pounds uh, in a short period of time. And we're going to keep moving forward. So uh, the outlets, uh, the food outlets basically uh, were sort of rotated when opening hours and closing hours. So you might be, have to go to the, the American sports, more sports grill in one place. And uh, you might have to, no, I don't want to come on track, but uh, you might have to go over to the, the hash house, fanny packers, whatever it was, I don't know. So, I mean, all the food was actually pretty decent. Now, last time I was in Vegas, was probably on the road trip, and we were on the strip, and then, you know, we, we ate a little Italy. So it's a different vibe, of course, over the Rio. It's still a Caesars property. It's behind the Caesars, I guess, over the freeway, you could say. Um, next to the gold nugget, close to the palms, palms of the new tower. You know, Vegas is slowly coming back, but it's it's not like it was, obviously. And, and like everything else, it's not like it was, right? So anyway, um, get off the flight, throat's tight. I said, yeah, I'm coming down with a cold. And I was worried. I didn't use my mitigation strategies. I brought masks and I wore them part of the time. But uh, on the flight back, I actually sat down, I got a seat next to another pretty good sized guy, huge upper body. It turned out he, uh, he's a piercing guy from the coast down in Oregon. And uh, he's thinking about going to classic bodybuilding. So, you know, our, our two and a half hour flight like that, because, you know, we're talking about weightlifting and supplements and cycles and everything else. And it's good because it's, that's the thing about the, you know, the brotherhood of iron, it is international. I mean, all you gotta do is, is you gotta look at another guy or gal, don't get me wrong, especially like when it's a gal, 
but that's not, I don't get to see them in a while too much. But you look at other guys, obviously works out, but you know, it's like working out plus either powerlifting or, um, you know, some sort of optimum thing for CrossFit or maybe even like this cat here, uh, aesthetic, chasing aesthetics for bodybuilding. So I had a good conversation and uh, I should have worn a mask. Damn it, they should have worn a mask. So I got home, took the first COVID test. It was negative. But by the next day, I had the symptoms. I had a cold. You know, runny nose, stuffy nose, a little bit of headache, you know, that nonsense. Took the second test. Bam. Double, double line. The other one's fake. Okay. But enough to say you're positive. So I contacted my uh, doctor and I went down the list of people that I had contact with on Friday, including this guy on the airplane, his wife. Um, and I think they've already been through it. So they're like, I had a problem. They're much younger than I am. You know, it's, it's ironic that going through all of this shit this past whatever couple of years, that here I'm in, like on the tail end of it, after being vaxxed, after being boosted, the fact that um, I come down with it. So I tested yesterday on day four, and it was boom, flame and double light. And yesterday was dark for I had a pretty dark day yesterday. I uh, I did everything I could now to sort of to kind of wallow in my situation because I, um, this is just like one more sort of setback in a series of setbacks since this adventure started. But I wouldn't change it for the world. I've had a, a fan fucking fantastic time. Um, even though there's been a lot of crazy shit that's happened um, since, yeah, pretty much the last podcast. And we're talking about how to rewire your brain and plasticity. And of course, now, you know, I always like to be sort of semi ahead of the curve, and now it's everywhere. Um, and so when you go to academia and you see, you know, my name and it's been cited like 17,000 times in different research, that's why people fucking cherry pick everything that I do. But, but I didn't come up with it. Obviously, I'm also doing the research. I'm just, one of the one of the canaries in the coal mine here talking about some of these things for plasticity in the brain and how to rewire it and, and definitely i still a firm believer of all of that anyhow i uh i thought about maybe i should pull up my photos and sort of remind me kind of like all the little pieces that have happened since i sat here last time and i i did feel somewhat neglectful but i also wanted to take a hiatus to kind of, kind of, you know, live my life a little bit since I was out on the road, since I was uh, doing some some legwork for some friends and, and taking care of some things, and thinking about, I wanted to kind of take a break after doing whatever twenty episodes, and um, come back and start laying it out again, and with a little bit of a different vibe per se, but not not. It's going it's going to be about me, <laughs> the way that I sort of think. And, and depending on, uh, you know, which Zaphod, uh, Beeble, Brox, Rocco, you might get the top head or the bottom head, you never know. And so uh, hopefully you've been patient and uh, you'll come back with us on this uh, strange trip or adventure. Let's make sure this is not too loud. There we go. Oh, um, going through the separation, I, one of the, one of the, let me, I guess I can go through the list of like fickle finger of fate fuckery things that I've gone through. Um, you know, my, my significant other definitely is like, yeah, we got to get this thing done before you take off because you know, if something happens, whatever else would be really difficult. I said, okay, I agree. So I went online, you know, as I do everything, that's how I live my life. And uh, so I, I 
found a website, you know, you fill everything out, they print all the papers out, they send it to the PDF, they send it to hard copy. You know, it's about 300 bucks. You know, DIY, no fault, divorce. Then I get this thing like, oh, hey, we got your papers, we're going to send them to you. You know, it's like another 100 bucks. Okay, great, fine. And then I get this DHL notice that it's like uh, from Germany. I'm like, what the fuck? And so somewhere in the fine print, uh, wherever this this website is, and I need to go back and I got I got a bitch about it to the Business Bureau, you know. It just it shows what happens when you don't know what the fuck you're doing, and you go online and you try to find a solution. And, and and again, I was a bit under pressure because it was like get it done. I was trying to get my other tickets booked for Thailand. You know, it's just like all right, trying to put all the trying to put all the levers in the right place so the jinko ball goes where it needs to go in this particular reality or multiverse. So to my surprise, of course, the shit comes out of Germany. It's going to be like, you know, it takes forever to come over here. All right. So extra money down sort of the drain to speak. But the papers are here. We've got to file them. Get it done. got to go to the courthouse. But of course, uh, isolation, right? I got to isolate for five days. Today is the last day. Thank fucking God, because I'm getting a bit stir crazy. That's probably why I'm making a podcast, because that's what happened before, right? So... Um, the concept here is that we'll get try to get that file, but everything's just put on the back burner. I have no idea if I'm going to make the um, grand opening for uh, Elite Fitness in Patea on the first. Um, I've had to postpone everything else. And of course, the docs like you know you, you shouldn't travel. I have to wear a mask for another ten days after the isolation. Um, it's just pretty crazy right now. Uh, Get out of here, get out of here. Sorry about that. So, yeah, things are just in flux as they are. How this kind of all <laughs> evolved is, and I should know better. I should know better that when I'm like sort of like feeling vulnerable and feeling kind of like, you know, I need that, uh, need that horizontal mambo action or whatever else. I'm pretty susceptible to people's bullshit. I should say women's bullshit in this case, or or the or the spells or the charms of the women. And and obviously I knew this person from way back, you know, and, and we've always kind of had uh, you know run-ins about different things. They already stabbed me in the back once before. And so, you know, it's like the scorpion, you know, you know, right? So I know they're gonna, I'm gonna get bit one way or the other, but I'm hard pressed. I'm hardcore on this deal because it's like, you know, treat me right. I'll treat you better. And so I, I'm full bore. I'm jumping in on this thing um, just to see kind of go right. And sure enough, man, the, the kickback was ooh, crazy. I mean, this person like boom, totally like had a full on like break with reality, which is good to, to find that out as a red flag now. And so it was a good source of karma for me in this case, because it was like basically condensing all the shit that I've done in my mind about being delusional and paranoid and jealous and, and just aggressive and assertive and insane in my marriage in 22 years, uh, you know, just compressed into a period of about two weeks. It was that intense uh, to the point where like, okay, uh, as a, as a creative art project, it's how I look at most of my life, right? It's like a sort of the, the one-man gangbang of, of conceptual art. 
which is my life. You know, it's my masterpiece. And so, uh, I mean, I can see the writing on the wall almost immediately. And I, I purposely, obviously, was, was actually pushing the limits in some places to find out exactly, you know, where this person stands. And it just so many incongruencies. And I feel somewhat comfortable by the fact that when I go and talk to my mutuals online or whatever else, especially most of the ladies that are also close to my peer group that are trying to, you know, make something happen after divorce or separation and just how janky and skanky and flaky uh, people are about dating or hooking up or whatever else like that. It's just a fucking mess right now. And I can understand why people are just like, I'm not doing it. Not doing it. And I kind of, that's where I was at this point. I was like, I'm not doing it. I kind of went through, you know, a couple of different, you know, apps or whatever else. I'm not, I'm not trying to start a relationship. I'm not trying to be serious about anything or anybody. You know, I'm just, I'm just trying to hold water where I'm at, you know, just, just to be comfortable. And, uh, you know, it doesn't take much. You gotta, you gotta have, you gotta have a little bit of moxie. You gotta be kind of creative. You know, you gotta be sort of different, obviously. But, uh, man, it, it went from like, you know, zero to 60 and 60 to like car crash flaming down the ravine to the point that it's, it's actually not kind of over yet because I still have um, some media for this person that, that needs to be returned. But, but because they've decided that we should cut off all contact and ties and everything else, just do this ranting, you know, phone calls in the middle of the night and, you know, black voodoo curses and all that other shit. Um, it's, it's still kind of funny. I mean, it's, as much as it sucked in the moment a couple of times, it's still kind of funny because I appreciate, I appreciate this kind of shit. I mean, it's just so different than what's happened in such a long time to me that, yeah, it feels like, you know, I've been put back in the breach and, you know, shout out of the cannon again. So I guess I'm living, right? But man, what a headache. So in the interim of this, this flaming car crash of a, of a sort of a, a dalliance, uh, a fancy, I would say, more than, more than anything, um, there was this Tori Amos thing that came up, right? And so uh, Tori Amos is playing Portland. So, hey, I, I'll make some calls. I mean, I, I, I used to know so-and-so and called around. And of course, you know, finally... Somebody remembered me on the European side because she's going to Europe next year for a ton of dates. And they, you know, they got me some tickets. And they were actually pretty good seats uh, at the uh, at the venue in Portland. Uh, and so by this time, this person was already kind of crawfishing and being flaky, whatever else. I'm like, Fuck it, you're, you're not going. I've given you every fucking opportunity uh, to step forward, step up. And so forget it. I'll give the tickets away or I will uh, use them, I'm not sure. I felt a little bad about, about giving them away since they were give, given to me through like another party, da, da, da. so I said, all right, I'll build the show. I, you know, I asked, I asked my significant uh, former, I asked a couple of friends, but you know, nobody could make it, and I went. You know, I, I, I like Dory Amos uh, from back in the day, you know. Didn't realize that she's got, you know, a discography of like 15 albums now, and so I, I spent like one all night, you know, uh enjoying um enjoying enjoying my my juice <laughs> that i like sometimes and uh listening to all the tracks and they're you know brilliant just a very talented performer uh singer songwriter you know percussionist on the piano and so forth and then in live even better 
you know, it's, it's like the first concert I've been to in forever over all this horseshit. And, and not only was like the high priestess effect in that she, she did the gig, it was very transformative. That's the thing. That, that's the thing I haven't had in a long time is like going to a show and being excited about going to a show. Like when you were young as a kid, you know, it was like a band you want to see. And, and, and instantly everybody there is your friend because they're also there. It's just, it's just an amazing experience. Right? And the show was good. Sound was good. Opening band was good. Uh, the big hiccup, of course, was about mm, before before she takes the stage. Uh, Ticketmaster apparently has this thing where people can resell their seats at a premium if they bought tickets early. And so, how are these tickets that I got in my possession uh, were resold to somebody else? And so, we we're occupying the same seat, these two broads. And I said, okay. What, I, I looked at her and I said, you know, we got the usher and the ball, and the floor manager, and then of course the, the venue manager. And he said, the, I said, they were kind of off the side. I said, okay, good cop, bad cop. Which one do you want to be? Because whoever is, whoever's going to come out on this is probably going to get even better seats. There's no way they're going to downgrade you. Right. She's kind of like, well, I'm playing with my girlfriend, whatever else. I said, okay. I didn't bring my rolling thunder. You know, I've been using the upright walker to, to extend my range uh, while I'm going over the injury, the, the, the chronic, the normal injury. And um, so I was, you know, huffing it. And I was getting getting kind of edgy and cranky. And I was I was ready to fucking unload anyway. So this little little fucking shit that works at the venue um, basically told us that one of us was probably had committed fraud. We didn't say it directly, but he alluded to the fact that one of us had sort of printed the tickets somehow and, and were trying to pull a scam. Now the, the actual tour manager, the tour floor manager was there too. And she kind of stood off the side. And I asked the guy, I said, hey, do you ever buy tickets off Ticketmaster? He said, oh no, I never buy tickets from Ticketmaster. I said, then you really don't know what the fuck you're talking about, do you? Because Ticketmaster allows you to resell tickets. And that's exactly what happened here. Because I kind of, didn't like jump on confirming the tickets, whatever. I had the tickets. I went to the venue. I printed it out on my, you know, my phone. You scan in, whatever else. And so then, and then uh, somehow the tickets got recirculated. Uh, so I started dropping on this guy. I'm like, you, you know, you might be the fucking floor manager here at the venue, but you have no idea how ticket sales happen. So thank God the tour, tour floor manager, she intervened. She came over. She said, all right, I got a seat for you. And so she took me down to like, I mean, the seats I had before were good, but the seats that were really good. Um, orchestra, you know, like maybe fifth row off to the side. I mean, like direct angle right at the performer is more than I could bargain for. And the crowd was amazing up there. You know, it's 90% women, of course. So, you know, it's, a lot of them are LBGTQ, you know, the freaks were out at night. I don't mind. I don't see a problem in that equation. Uh, I had a good time. I, again, had some of my juice. I stopped to get the juice. Cause I was wheezing the juice. Right. And so the game started coming on pretty hard and the, the lights and the curtains and everything else, you know, definitely did a number in my head and, and I was being extremely alpha, um, which is kind of refreshing up in that row because there's not a lot of dudes that are doing that. Right. And I, I wasn't trying to be per se, but you could just tell that uh, I was a rarity in that situation, hooping and hollering and, you know, being like a good time and, and it was a bit infectious people around me would kind of get into it except for the the gay couple next to me she 
I think she got mad because her girlfriend went up front and just ditched her, right? And then she was stuck over there. She wanted me to, you know, keep, keep, keep things down to the fucking concert. But I'm polite. I said, yeah, no, bro. The first one's always free. I give people the benefit of the doubt. But if they, if they sort of like do too much, then I'm like, hey, fuck off, right? You know, you got to draw your lines. So the show's fucking phenomenal. I have a great time. Um, great crowd. Wearing my, you know, anti-fascist uh, T-shirt. Everybody loves it. People are commenting. You know, I parked up on the top of the parking garage, so I knew it was a big line to get up there. So I just hung out. Hung out, talked to people. I mean, it was very sort of, like I said, a heavy metal parking lot, but it was the Gen X parking lot, you know, since we're all codifying everything these days. And you could tell. You could tell it was like, you know, people our age and then people that brought their kids and young kids. And so it was, it was a good thing. That's why I was kind of transformative. It was something that I probably needed anyway. And so despite the fact that I got kind of suckered into this fucking mess from the psycho who actually didn't even show up, but I went through because that was my thing was to get out of my comfort zone. I've been trying to do things that normally I'm not comfortable with in the hope that I will have some sort of growth in my you know, psyche or my spiritual aspect and my mentality or even my, my physical body. And so I'm, I'm trying to challenge myself more. That was that was the goal. I had tickets for for same thing. I had comp tickets for Bauhaus. I didn't go because you know I still got in my head like how things are. But but now that I'm trying to trying to you know move forward in my life, I went and it was it was great. It was worth it. It was worth all the fucking nonsense, the hassle, everything else. And I was blown away by the performance and the songs and the medleys. And, and it rekindled my, my fanship and the fact that, that it makes me a bit of an anomaly in the sense that I'm, I'm listening to this uh, music from her. And even some of the gals that came up and approached me to talk to me about my T-shirt, they're like, you know, how awesome are you, right? Because they know that it's an anomaly to have a guy like me that would be sort of into that. And so when people ask me, like, why would you go to a show with, like, all women, blah, 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 I'm like, I still don't see the fucking problem in your questioning. I learned this when I went to Cheryl Crow a long time ago, back in Phoenix in the 80s, and how, how great the performance was, how great the crowd was, how great the reception was, getting attention from people and so on. Um, so, yeah, I highly recommend it. Step out of your comfort zone. See an artist that normally you wouldn't see. Um, because maybe you think it's too girly or whatever else it is, or, or the opposite, right? Whatever you can do to, to sort of challenge yourself in a different social situation is going to make you better. It has to. And that's also part of rewiring your brain. It's like doing those things at the edge of your comfort zone. That's where the growth happens, you know? So there you go. After that, I had to get on the road. And simultaneously, you know, I've been trying to do this stuff with the local radio station here that, uh, um, and uh, we've got an independent station here next to the Kiggins Theater. Great people, great content. Um, I just can't get all the little plates lined up just yet. Anyway, I had the media kit so I could get some recordings done, um, get some tags done for the station, you know, try to produce another show. I really like their venue, so I'll put some, something in there if it's in the future. So I got to do this run, the gumball run, right? I got to get to like overnight. Uh, you know, it's like a 10 hour trip that, you know, I try to cut down to like seven hours because I can do that sometimes. Luckily for me, I got the, I got a halfway point where it just happened to be that 
the, the pickup was uh, visiting somebody. And so that cut the time in half and it worked out fantastic. And I was able to, you know, um, secure the, the property or the items that I'll be transporting later home uh, because it's easier for me to hand carry, blah, blah, blah. So then the next extension of that was, okay, uh, we got this, this meeting in Vegas that we've got to go to to, to final, finalize things. And I turned that into another working holiday. People always say, oh, you're taking a lot of these vacations. You don't realize that, you know, I'm, I'm still teaching. I'm still working online wherever I go. Got to keep things afloat in China. In the rain, snow, shine, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Um, if I'm in a hotel or whatever, I've, I've done classes in my car a few times through 5G out of no choice. I think I, I did one in Texas that way on the road trip uh, because, again, it's usually in the middle of the night. They're 15 hours ahead. So you got to do what you got to do. So this working vacation was actually uh, pretty amazing. Uh, there, was, there were some <laughs> crazy things that happened. Uh, things that I actually cannot, I can't really talk about, to be honest. With you. I mean, and that's rare for me. You know, I like to lay it all out for everybody. But unfortunately, there there are some other um, parties involved in this. And it's not like I signed an NDA or anything else. It's just I know better. OK, all I can do, all I can allude to you is that it was it was a trip. And it was amazing and crazy shit happened. And I survived except got COVID on the way back. So. Um, that being said, uh, I'm suspecting that the next chapter in all of this will be probably even more. The ante uh, on the table here just keeps getting up <laughs> uh, for the paybacks and everything else like that. The, the challenge for us, of course, right now is um, a couple other things. You know, I was trying to work on this financing for uh, this other business I was going to launch, and the financing fell through. Okay, and so getting a little bit, um, I don't want to say desperate per se, but just just throwing it out there to see what would stick. And I went through a couple of online sites and now I'm being bombarded with fucking emails and phone calls and all this stuff. And it's like, I mean, it, it dropped my credit rating down like by 20 points because of all these hard inquiries and everything else like that. I'm just like, and they're still sending, still sending me the shit in the mail. I, I'm just shredding it at this point. I'm just like, okay, this is not gonna happen. I put something into motion that, that didn't work. And then, so like the echoes of it are still sort of reverberating uh, with, a, you know, maybe some, some carrot on the stick, like they could try. And so I did, I did another round of, of trying to secure another, uh, another lender for this situation, but it, you know, the rates are just insane. I mean, the predatory, again, the predatory lending in this country um, is scary. And that's, that's like Betsy DeVos and all those fuckers under uh, dickhead, um, you know, how they, how they made that happen. And, and when we look at sort of the inflation that's going on, I mean, part of my strategy was that I knew inflation was coming and recession's coming. So it's probably a better approach to take on a lot of debt because it's, it's going to shrink in value because the money's going to shrink in value. And so if I have a windfall on the other side, it makes it easier to sort of suck the debt back up. Uh, this is something I learned from the Chinese in this aspect. And so uh, that probably will happen over the summer. You know, it looks like I've got, I got a big, big thing lined up for the summertime. I've got actually two large projects, um, one for myself and of course, uh, one for, for some friends. Uh, we're going to do some, uh, do some research a little bit 
um, try to try to make a difference in some people's lives, uh, especially for um, a couple of different areas uh, in training. We've we've lost a few people already this year, and and because of certain types of protocols that people are following, and not realizing that they are much more dangerous than expected, uh, because. Uh, the protocols affect different races differently. And so if that's the case, then um, we have to make adjustments for those in the curve, is what I believe. So just trying to get 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 an MD or uh, an endo to sort of confirm what what I see in the research. And, and granted, sometimes I'm, I'm off. I might miss something, whatever else, but I, I think I got a hot hand on this one. So that could make a difference in the future. Again, great men always plant trees that they don't expect to see the shade in. Once you start doing that, creating value for others instead of just directly for yourself, you'll be surprised how things open up. And I think that's important for us is to continue to create value for others. Um, I've always said that. I've always made money for my partners, uh, sometimes even at, at the expense of, you know, my own sort of needs. Because that it's, again, that's that Guanxi aspect of China. It's like, all right. If I if you treat me right, I'll treat you better. Okay, and so if I do right by you, that means somewhere down the road we can try it again. And so that's always good to have that sort of connection or that loyalty. And it's nice to also to be kind of the guy that has the resources, or you know the guy that knows the guy to get things done. Um, in the interim of of my. Uh, hiatus, of course, things that we put in place here, like for the art show that, that was put together, couldn't go to the opening because I had COVID. Um, a couple other things that, that we sort of, uh, I say we, I'm talking about me, myself, and fucking I, um, instigated, of course, Tom Sawyer, getting other people to sort of pick up the, the slack in those different areas. And so uh, I'm glad, I'm glad they're moving forward. And that's exciting to me is that just by planting a few little seeds and uh, getting people to think about yeah let's let's do this and if you're the master cylinder in those situations that's really beneficial because it does bear fruit so creating values for others is also a way if you're a neurodivergent superhero like myself uh, who's been blessed with the uh, superpowers of uh, having a neurodivergent brain or neuro neuro spicy as it seems to be the new thing i, I saw that as a tag neuro spicy like ooh, uh, i like that yeah because, I mean, let's face it, I mean, uh, people are neurodivergent and then also, uh, you know, suffer from ADHD and, and whatever, but on the spectrum, they are too spicy for people. You know, it's like, ah, they're too much. So you've got to be in those situations where you're, where, where you're surrounded by people that accept you for that. It's not a problem. It's one thing why I keep surfing around this, this subculture of, you know, the goth sort of fetish community, um, you know, SNM, BDSM, because... Yeah, the values really and the roles and the honorifics are laid out. And for someone that might have difficulty um, with ADHD, understanding sort of social context or indirect communication that causes problematic situation with neuro, neuro um, typical people, which is kind of how the system is rigged. Although some people have speculated there's a lot more of us than them. I don't think that's the case. I just think that we, we tend to shine a, a lot more. And because of these platforms, we are able to have a larger voice than we've had in the past. And so, uh, again, I'd have to look at the numbers to confirm that, but I just don't think it's the case because when I look around, 
my daily life or my daily travel is pretty rare that I find anybody else that is shining on like a crazy diamond like myself. But if I go online, just like in the old days when we had zines, right, I could find other people that are in the same thing that I'm doing and so forth or feel the same way or having the same difficulties. And that's been really beneficial for all of us because we can organize. There's a lot of people out there that are they're producing a lot of good solutions for ADHD, being on the spectrum, being neurodivergent. And, and so there's all these little satellites, you know, these all these little fiefdoms out there of, of influencers or uh, people and services and so on. And, and we just haven't reached a tipping point yet where we're sort of all connected. And I'd say, watch out when that happens. <laughs> you know, we're talking about people that are, that are thinking about how to raise their kids in these situations. Are they going to school them? Are they going to homeschool them? Um, and, and I see a lot of potential for that education. I always think education is the key. Um, if you can provide people information to help them to understand, then they'll accept it as being true and they can make, make, take action on it. And, and I feel very positive about that aspect. It's probably one of the reasons why I keep feeding, feeding, feeding the kitty here, the social media kitty. I, I mean, like a lot of people, you can just walk away from it. But for me, I, I do think there is change afoot. I think there's opportunities here to connect with people that have similar uh, interests and, and definitely similar values. That's always important to me is, is again, what we value. Um, and I would suggest that, that most of my experience is that, that, that sense of values, that sense of fairness that a lot of neurodivergent uh, people have. Sort of, it's already, you know, it's part of the wiring in the board. If we think of this as a gift, if we think of this as a superpower, as a, as a, a mutant ability, so to speak, through evolution, um, what, what are the positives of being neurodivergent as a skill set? If we look at a lot of first responders, people that are good in a crisis, uh, creatives and so forth, we typically think of them as being neurodivergent. So why would evolution do that? Why would they, why would they create a brain on the one hand, that is neurotypical, that sort of, you know, keeps up with the Joneses and, and, and does what it's supposed to do and creates a society around it and so on and, and seems to have a certain type of structure that's exclusive to us. <laughs> and so what's our purpose, right? And, and because if we try to look at it through their eyes or through their system, we'll always feel like we're out of place. But you got to flip that. You got to flip that script and think about, okay, the reason why I'm different is, is for a purpose. Now, whether you believe in, you know, predestination or uh, your own will, whatever else, those are 10,000 debates that I have every day, <laughs> myself and other people. Um, so you pick and choose as you wish. But I would suggest to you that elements of this society in, in this part of the world definitely is set up in, in ratio for uh, neurotypical. You know, I got a gift list here. Uh, I'm running. I'm running a stream on Clapper, and so hey, everybody in Clapper, um, trying to develop that now because I, I just I'm really sick of the other <laughs> the other clock platform of the tickety tickety toggity tog and the double standards. Um, the fact that they um, definitely will not let you grow organically because they have a premium pay way. The fact that they support um, a lot of things that are against my values. There's a lot of like right wing, ultra, you know, amosexual, you know cost platriot fakery at people they get a fucking free pass and if you if you if you kick back on them or 
they come at you and you're alive, you say something, you get busted for bullying and harassment. So, I mean, it's just, it's fucking stupid. And again, I, I keep telling people, this is going back to the parent company in China, in Douyin. They know exactly what they're doing with that algorithm and the way that they're sort of social engineering people that are using the platform. And most people are absolutely unaware of the connection. And so you got to take that in consideration. So people of, uh, you know, BIPOC people, people of color, um, SW, sex workers, uh, you know, super creatives, whatever else, they get, they, get a, they get to jump in on the platform to help build it, get to do the numbers. Then once it gets established and they want to homogenize it and commercialize it, then they start to purge. They start to, like, you know, violate and kick and shadow ban and, and pull people out that do not fit in sort of like their target demographic to sell their bullshit. This is why we need a decentralized internet, why we need decentralized platforms. We, we can't give our lives and our artwork and our data to people like Zuck Buddy, right? I mean, we're all doing it. We're all, we're all generating revenue for them. We've built a, a fucking bull, bogus, uh, you know, social media economy for these people. And, and instead of taking care of us and kicking back down, they treat us like shit. So yeah, we got to organize. So that's why I'm running this, running this one here. I heard that there's less hassle. There's not a lot of people on it yet. So, right, you got to explore. You got to go to the frontier and try to develop these uh, alternative ways of, of communication and distribution of information. It's useful, especially if you do want to connect with other people um, that have similar issues or values or ideas or just hella cool. Between my, my two um, profiles, you know, my original one, uh, you know, I used to take a, a huge piss on that whole MAGA thing. And I'm surprised that that account is just hanging by a thread. You know, it's like one content violation away from being deep sixth. You got to double down. So I started another one. But then I was a lot more careful about who I let in to that part. I wanted to create, I wanted to create what I wanted to see, not just what the algorithm wanted me to see. So I spend probably more time on the people that I'm following than sort of like the, the for you page bullshit. Again, I'm never like looking to blow up or to looks. I'm just looking to make connections. That's it. And I don't need, I don't need a big following. I don't need all that stuff. And so it'll probably never happen because I keep saying that. But what I do need and what I do want is a connection with, with people, again, that sort of have like-minded values, that believe in the equality, that believe in, in, in things like it's time to sort of, you know, soften this, you know, boomer patriarchy bullshit and, and, and you know, support our girls, support our women, support our daughters um, in the gym, in business, whatever else. You know, insanity is, is doing the same thing over again and expecting the same results. We've gotten this far and we're fucked up. It's insane. We are in an insane world. And so those of us that might be sane definitely appear insane. But only a rational person can say that. So if you can't look at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, you know, you're a cuckoo uh, for doing this, you might have a problem. You might be on the other side of the equation here. And, and that's always been my rule of thumb, even overseas, when I'm dealing with uh, other foreigners or uh, migrants that want to come into the organization, you know, the first thing I say, you know, you're crazy for doing this. If they got offended, if they got upset, if they couldn't accept that, I knew that these people were totally not my kind of, my kind of folks to work with because it'd always be an inflexible too entitled, 
takes themselves too seriously. And when you're a foreigner in a foreign country, you got to light the fuck up because you're a guest. And so if you try to bring in all that fucking colonizer, imperialist bullshit, how we do it, da, 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 go the fuck home, okay? You ruin it for everybody else. And I try to avoid most of those foreigners. The same as like kind of like the crackbacker kids that, you know, they're just there to fuck off and you know, do whatever they want. You know, it's just like, hey, I'm living here. I got to be a good guest. It's kind of like now. I'm a stranger in my own country, practically, and I'm trying to be a good guest. I'm trying to do all the things I'm supposed to do, but I'm not fucking staying here. I can't. I can't do it. You click open the news, man. The shit with the gun violence is just, we're at war. I've said that. This is a fucking war zone. Um, you know, we got shit that's going on in Europe, uh, this inflation bullshit, this gas bullshit. It's just a mess. So you're telling me why I want to go to Thailand? Well, they legalize cannabis. Even if you're not a cannabis person, you have to understand that that has a huge effect on the country, especially in Asia. It's the first country in Asia to do this. And um, how it's going to help them become kind of like the Amsterdam of Asia is, is the idea, whether or not we'll see what happens. Um, they're, only, they're only pushing flour right now. Uh, they think uh, edibles might be too strong, but I'm sure that eventually that will happen because, again, it's always about revenue, right? And they need it. They need it. You know, before, we used to think that the GDP in Thailand for like the, the, the sex tourism and the red light tourism was about 16%. But the pandemic has proven that, you know, so much of that dark money off the books, much higher than that, you know, almost almost 32 to 40 percent. And so it took a big, big toll on the government. And so like they're scrambling, like, what can we do? Ah, legalize weed. OK, so it's done since uh, July. I'm sorry, it's June 9th, so about 10 or 11 days in. Um, again, I've always liked that aspect because it just represent, represents freedom. <laughs> because it's not prohibition. When I was growing up, I used to love to go skateboarding, you know, have a, have a beer, you got to put it in a bag, you know, you might have a 40 or something like that, a bottle or a can of Foster's or whatever else. And you just kind of had it on down low, but it's open container, right? Easy bust. So then, you know, when the rollers come up, you got to pour it out really quick because what are they going to bust you for? Empty can, only if you rat on yourself, right? And never rat on yourself. That's the thing. Don't need any help. Don't need any help. You're right. hanging your ass. Don't make it easy for them. Keep your fucking mouth shut. And so, like, going to Vegas is great because you walk around with open container. That's freedom. That, to me, that's just being free. I know it's a dumb thing. It's a silly thing. But it's like, I'm an adult. I want to have an adult beverage. I can walk down the sidewalk with my beverage and have a drink. Same thing. I'm an adult. If I choose to uh, enjoy THC, then I can. And for some people, it's, 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 it's a game changer especially if you've got chronic pain or other issues that you're dealing with, PTSD, all these other things. And I think with, with some cognitive therapy, it can be extremely useful. The same as low-dose psychedelics. We know that that was, that was kind of the key. And I have to, have to harken back to the, to the psycho trip that I got involved in, you know, that was got really dodgy really quick because of the fact that there was a big drawer of mushrooms. And so, you know, I'm like fucking Mario, right? It's Mario Kart time. So uh, one of the best pre-workouts you can use in a small dose. And I do believe in, in, in that aspect. You don't have to be with Bill Hicks and have a heroic dose of seven grams and fly the UFO and the Hobbit splitting the sheet of the sky and all that nonsense. Maybe once in a while, but not always. Just enough to have fun, right? Again, kids don't try this at home. I'm a, sort of a, a semi-trained professional 
uh, either that or, or a walking experiment of some kind, and here I am. You can tell I'm feeling better. I, I do feel better. I can tell that, okay, yesterday was the dark point. Um, talked to the doctor this morning. Um, I'm also trying uh, some alternative therapy here. Of course, people, everybody had their, their two cents about what to do and so on. And so actually, I'm, I'm running uh, something here that is uh, not, not normal, per se. Um, and so um, this is kind of an interesting, this is 100, 100 milligrams here. I had it yesterday. I started with, with 50 and 50, and then I went 100 and 100. And uh, this compound can be, yeah, the poison can be worse than the cure at a higher dose. But at lower doses, basically what we're doing here is, is getting the mitochondria to sort of kick up the thermostat. Anytime I've been sick, I, I always believe in like the sweat lodge aspect or getting, you know, getting as hot as I can, you know, inducing sort of a fever um, so that it will break and then you can begin to recover. So by doing this, I'm also elevating my body temperature because I think it's always better to be warmer than feeling colder. And I did have some dramatic temperature changes. So this particular compound will, will do those things um, and seems to be doing it. Main thing is you got to be hydrated, got to have your minerals in and so forth. So it's just like anything else. Uh, basically, I'm putting a little like putting a little starter fluid in the carburetor here, uh, you know, to, to get the pistons going. And so it's working. And I can tell by the, the pain in my body, um, how I feel, and then uh, the state of being. It's always important, right? So, you know, I make fun of the spread necks. I make fun of the, the urine drinkers, the horse pace liquors. But yet I'm still, despite having the vaccine, I'm still going to try to run an alternative uh, compound. Mostly out of curiosity. I mean, that's the whole thing about biohacking anyway. And if you are the, if you're your own sort of lab rat or, or uh, guinea pig, then there should be no reason that that's a problem. If you're not, not trying to push it on anybody else. Again, that's part of that aspect of freedom, right? My body, my choice. Yeah. And it should apply to everybody, including the women. And I'm extremely fucking disappointed by all of this shit that's going on right now with the Supreme Court and, uh, and, and the slow turning wheels of the January 6th and everything. So don't even fucking get me started on that shit that I will blow a gasket. I will say that I, I did get to see Sam Raimi's uh, Doctor Strange thing on, on Disney Plus last night, and I was blown away. I'm so happy that Sam Raimi is, is doing his thing in the Marvel Universe, because you can see that his thumbprint all over it. You could, you know, Bruce Campbell was in there, made a cameo, of course, and he's in the end credits, so stick around for that. Um, a lot of the things that came out of The Evil Dead and I remember, I remember the first time that somebody tried to get me to watch the event was, was Thomas, Thomas Jensen. And uh, I said, nah, I'm not into that. You know, it was the skull and all that. I'm not into that stuff. But of course, years later, you know, I fell in love with it like everybody else. You know, Army of Darkness, the whole series, because it's fucking hilarious. You know, they know what they're doing. They know how to have a good time on film. And so a lot of those little pieces are in the new movie. Right. And so I think it's fantastic. You know, it's, it's a, I know it's an old joke for, for old fans, but, but it's a validation. It's a justification of saying, you know what? We know what cool shit was back then. We know what cool shit is now. And we know what cool shit will be in the future. You know? And so it was good that way. Um, and so my new vibe check is this. 
if you are going to watch Doctor Strange in the multiverse of uh, whatever the fuck it is, madness, if you're not rooting for the Scarlet Witch, that's the vibe check. As I'm rooting for the Scarlet Witch. For me, she's the hero of the movie. I know it sounds weird. And so uh, early this morning, I was going through this whole head trip about how you could you could make some pretty good arguments about the state of women's rights in this country or in this culture, matriarchy versus patriarchy, because of the fact there is some double standard there between the Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange as far as breaking the rules and, and being one being a hero and another one, of course, being evil. Um, sounds like sort of the double standard between men and women in different situations, especially in corporate America, um, things like that. You know, I always wonder, like, why the fuck did Martha Stewart go to prison for insider stock trading? And like all these other, you know, frat boys or fat bros or whatever the fuck they are, Wall Street bros, they all get a pass. So that to me, that's an example. So I was watching the movie and then when it got into some caricatures of, of, of alternative sort of heroes, including a, a, a very sort of a British style, you know, Captain America, but, you know, it's, it's uh, Agent Carter or whatever else it is with their British seal and they're having the fight and so forth. I'm thinking, yeah, this is a good representation of, of, of women now who are moving forward on their own, doing their own bit, doing their own thing, taking care of the, the, the kids that the fucking father fucked off. Uh, you know, they're doing it. They got their own house. They got their own job. They really don't, they really don't need men per se, uh, aside from some tradition. And so watching this battle, it made me think of like, here's, here's sort of the, the new woman, uh, the Scarlet Witch, you know, using her natural powers that she's endowed with the, the way that women used to have always before things got fucking cockeyed backwards. And so now she's fighting sort of the, the archetype of the colonizer, right? That's what I see. I see the British shield on the flag and I'm like, okay, this is what it is. Sometimes when I, when I talk to other females, uh, mutuals online and so forth, and you realize all the backbiting between women, I mean, I've always believed that women secretly hate each other. You know, they, I mean, they believe that men secretly hate them. And I would say there's a, a large segment that's probably true based on, on the values that we have set forth for this country, unfortunately. Um, you can tell by the comments that, that, that trolls and fucking turds make to uh, online uh, to, to the opposite sex. But I would say that there's also a lot of kickback between women in the sense that some women want to stay in those sort of traditional modes, whatever else. And I get it. It's a lot fucking easier to sort of like surrender your livelihood or surrender your, your, your mentality and be dependent on your partner and let your partner do all the work while you, you know, do your thing, right? But that's not very empowering. Is it? And so, yeah, I'm glad to see that the models are changed. Now, I'm sure I'm projecting and reading way too much into this, but I, I hope that somebody much smarter than I am um, does, does something with that. That also recognizes that, that that was part of the thread underneath all of this, the difference between the matriarchy and the patriarchy. And I know you guys get tired of me fucking hanging on to that, but I'm 54 fucking years old. Um, I've grown up through women's rights, uh, you know, the feminist movement, uh, being a being on the other opposite side of the spectrum, being a total dog shit, uh, you know, man, you know, just just bad, just bad. And uh, I'm at the point now where I'm willing to sort of understand a bit more, especially because I enjoy I enjoy women, I enjoy the the company of them, I enjoy talking to them. 
I know a lot of you are like, oh, just like that, right? So tired of waiting. What they had to say? I said, you really, you got to fucking listen. That's the problem is you got it in your head. You don't listen. You're already thinking about what you fucking want. And so again, if you go back to creating value for people, then that means part of the value is listening. And that's something I'm working on because I know, I know I didn't do that enough in my former relationship. And that's kind of the thing that echoes in the movie as well is the fact that, you know, Dr. Strange always wants to be the, the guy, right? He wants to be the hero. But we have to learn that, you know, we can't do it by ourselves. Like, trust me, I've tried. I've tried so many fucking ways. It just doesn't happen. And I can tell you, if, if I didn't maintain this relationship civilly, this past few weeks of the shit that I went through with, with uh, you know, the, the, the money aspect and the travel aspect, and then, of course, the COVID aspect, if I had to do it all on my own, I probably would be sitting in this fucking chair today. I'd probably be croaked. Um, you know, we have to work together. And, and, and I think somehow in the whole dynamic of the, of the holistic yin and yang and the, and the animus and the, and the uh, whatever's the other part of it, you know, the male and the female aspect, it has to happen. That's why we're here. That's why we do have the separation uh, between us and the attraction between us. It's the whole, it's the whole game. It's, it's God and the devil fucking playing itself out. The problem is we think that, we, you know, for a long time, we thought God was a man. It's not. It's a woman. A woman creates life. God creates life. And so why can't we accept that? Oh, it's gender neutral. I don't give a fuck about that. Somewhere in my past life, I, you know, back in Slovenia or someplace where they had this Hungarian, they had this huge, you know, um, matriarchal society of Amazonian women warriors, and it lasted for, you know, an aeon of some kind. And uh, yeah, I was there, man. So I'm down. I'm still down. Give me a shield made at any time. People say, oh, you, you, they, they, they're weaker. They can't fight with it. No, it's because it's the same thing we've done with animals. We've domesticated aspects of women's lives. They forgot about their natural power, their intuitive power, the magic, which is, ah, right? Because they have it. And then once they start to use it, yeah, they're amazing. So kudos. I'm there. I'm down. Oh, you're, you're just a simp and a cuck. Oh, yeah, well, fuck you. So what if I am? I'll still beat your fucking ass. And it doesn't matter if I'm simping or cucking whatever else for somebody that's fucking worth a damn. What do you put on the table? What do you got? Playing your fucking video games? Talking some bullshit sports? Fucking, uh, what do you call that? Bread and circus and bullshit? You're a cookie cutter, man. I see you in the fucking gym. I see these guys all the time. Zip fucking personality. No ability to fucking talk to anybody except their little band of fucking, you know, other dinguses. Go, go circle jerk. Go, go fucking rub each other's peepees or something. All right. Stop fucking it up for everybody else. Okay. Who the fuck is shooting up all the schools? Is it women? No. Who the fuck's trying to go rescue their kids? Yeah. Like the mom, right? She went in there and got her kids. She said, fuck you. Fuck and you. I'm going in there. And now it's, you know, another bigger mess. Every day, some more bullshit comes out. The system is broken. We know it's broken and we've got to make some changes. But for me, it's much easier to just take my ball and go someplace else. And, and that's what I'm going to do. 
because I need to go back to the future. <laughs> you know, when I decided to come back as a dutiful husband a couple of years ago, uh, you know, that was the right thing to do, obviously. But I think for myself personally, I think I need to do something else. And so um, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to head back as soon as possible. Not, not because cannabis is legal. It's just because I'm much more comfortable there. I got friends there. You know, it's just, just a nice experience for me. I'll get to train. It'll be hot as balls, of course. The cost of living is a lot cheaper. I got a feeling it's going to be a big new vibe. There's going to be a whole surge of people coming in after next month because they're making it easier to get into Thailand after this um, until the next, whatever, COVID break. Uh, but when you think about being neurodivergent, living, living in Asia for 15 years, it was not really that much of a problem because as soon as you open your door, you stimulate. You're in a different culture. And when you want to sort of take a break, you close the door, you go to your fortress of solitude, you recharge your batteries, you go out again. There's no, there's no sort of construct of a simulation that you have to fit in somehow. That you got to be this way. It doesn't happen because you're a foreigner, you're a guest. So whatever you do, whatever you wear, whatever you say is, is okay. So you can be like the leading character in your story. Going overseas is, is definitely being a son or daughter of Krypton, especially if you got, you know, our passport. I mean, we don't, we don't have the status that we used to, but at least we have some. And if you, if you have the ability to, to generate some revenue, even if it's not very much, you will be able to sustain yourself without worrying about all this other stuff that we get sucked up into in here. And for me, it's just a better way of life. So we gotta make it happen. So I'm glad I'm feeling better. Um, I'll take a test here again, a few days, hopefully it'll be negative. If I can uh, get my, my funding situation turned around here, uh, maybe I'll sell my car, I don't know. I have no idea it's gonna happen, but I just feel like, okay, it's gonna happen. I'm going to go. I'm going to go and do my bit. And then whatever that is, will be. It'll be the next chapter. Back to the future, right? All right. Um, I put up a bunch of stuff on Linktree. Probably too much information for some people. And I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get some blowback on that because there is some content in there that uh, normally I would, I would sort of keep below the surface. But I'm trying to be my authentic self, 100%. This is who I am. This is what I am. This is what I do. And there's some gatekeeping in there. You can't just jump in and, you know, see me smashing pies or whatever else. It doesn't work that way. You have to, you have to go through some hoops. And so if somebody wants to do that, it's fine, but it's, they also have to pay for it. <laughs> so if you want to be a hater about what I'm doing with my life uh, to make money, then, you know, the only way you can find out is you, you got to also pay the ferry. You got to pay the, the, the boatman over the river sticks. Okay. That's how it works. And that's probably why I'm doing it that way is because it, Makes a little bit of coin. Not a lot, but it makes some. And some is better than none in this case, especially if it's a higher value than a different location. So think about it that way. Um, I think probably in the series, we'll, we'll continue to sort of update where we're at with things. Um, I would suggest that, that I will probably not lower my guard on mitigation uh, for COVID now that I've had it. It's not fun. It's not something I wish on anybody except for Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, Mitch McConnell, <laughs> and Rudy Giuliani, you know, all those jack-offs. 
who were first in line to get their vaccine right and, and, and yet backpedaled against all of it. The fact that the GOP is just just insane right now and, and they're getting eaten alive by their own Trump base or whatever else is just it's juicy. Fantastic. Let it, let it carry on. Let, let the whole thing fucking go up in flames. It's just time. It really is. So hopefully things will get better, but I suspect they'll probably get worse. We've got a recession coming around the corner. And so whatever you need to do to sort of uh, get through that, I would suggest doing that. If you can't leave like I can, then you're going to have to batten down the hatches and be prepared for some pretty lean times. You can see that already. Um, products are getting smaller because companies don't want to give up their profit, right? CEOs don't want to give up their fucking yachts. So instead of like taking it out of the company, they're going to pass it on the consumer. And they're going to, you know, fuck everybody as usual. The fact that we got these corporations that are buying up, you know, a lot of the single uh, family housing because they know you won't have a fucking choice. If you want to live in, in a decent place with the opportunities, you're going to have to pay through the fucking nose. Don't be afraid of that shit because there are all alternatives. You don't have to leave the country. I just it's for me it's because i've done it before i have a i have an established sort of situation there it's easy for me okay i will help you if you need help i will help you let me know i'll give you i'll give you the information you know and if you're if you're a fucking a uh, decent person i'll even help you more because that's how i am I'm generous on the other hand if, if you're the kind of person that, that can't do it then you're gonna have to go off in the boonies somewhere you're gonna have to go you know someplace a little bit off grid to get through probably the next couple of big changes. The impact will be lesser on you than it would be in the cities. And so don't, don't feel like that's your only alternative. There's the thing that always amazed me about, about all the homeless population uh, in the area, especially on the Portland side. You know, if it was my situation, I, I, I wouldn't hang around the winter rain, you know, that's South. Um, and I'm sure some did, but well, I think a lot of them didn't want to leave the drug supply especially since they decriminalized a lot of that. And I think that was kind of the effect of it. Um, so I'm just saying, prepare yourself, be vigilant, take care of yourself. If you're listening to this, then you probably have an interest similar to mine as far as longevity in the sense that we do want to be last man or last woman standing. Um, I think that's the key. And so whatever you got to do to find that, uh, please do so. Make it so. Take some chances on yourself. Take some chances on your situation. You know, stock up on things. Just be ready. In worst case scenario, it all works out. And hey, so what? You got 50 gallons of fucking beans in your basement or something. That could be worse things to be holding on to. I mean, it's going to be a commodity sometime later in the future. For me, I'm going to take my ball and I'm going to take it to the old game that I'm used to, where I don't have to worry so much about all this other stuff that's going on. And, uh, I can kind of I can kind of wait and see. And when I'm ready to come back, I'll come back. Maybe not. Who knows? Right? Yeah. You're always welcome to join me. Again, if you pass the vibe check. And my new vibe check is, are you rooting for the Scarlet Witch? <laughs> if you're rooting for the Scarlet Witch, I already like you. My other vibe check is if Rocky Horror, which is uh coming up here in a few days here at the Kickins Theater in Vancouver. Uh, I have not been. Hopefully I'll be able to go. I'd like to go because Rocky Horror for me is, is, is always a vibe check. If you can accept Tim Curry as a sweet transvestite from Transylvania and all the other hedonistic, you know, bikers from space and all that shit that goes on in there. If you can, if you can deal with all that, all right, we, we, we can talk. It's good. 
But if you're offended by that or you think it's weird or creepy or gross or homophobic, then it's off. Pretty easy, yeah. Um, I did watch, uh, well, speaking of movie stuff, the, the Violent Kind on Tubi, as recommended by uh, Living Dead Delilah from Michigan, who is the ultimate horror buff with her massive eye, eyelashes. She's a hoot. She hangs up, you know, baby dolls in the woods and so forth. And, and like many people that I have not met personally, have just been fucking gracious to me. And I always appreciate that. Because I know what a I know what a fucking monster I can be. And so if somebody extends a glad hand, they're gracious, I always take that into consideration. And being sick the last few days, I kind of know, really know. I always suspect it, but I kind of really know who's the real deal and who's the fucking bullshit. And that'll happen to you anytime. Anytime you're down, you're going to find out. You're going to find out who's there for you and then who's like, you know, not really. And that's okay. And sometimes it's, it's worth getting to that point to, to sort of cull to her and find out who's willing to help you or who's willing to, to stand by you in a very sort of uh, precarious time. And considering where we're moving forward in the future, I think, I think those those alliances or those uh, those reveals of, of who you like and who your friends and who your family and so forth is going to be really important because it's going to be tough and you're going to need to know who's who the zoo. So that's my suggestion. Anyway, you can, you can find all this stuff on the link tree. Fuck, I put it everywhere. Um, there's definitely a hype page on the, on the Instagram. If you go to the hype, hype uh, story clip, You'll see all the sort of mutuals and, and, and movements and so forth that, that I believe need attention, your attention. They need your follow. They need your like. They need your share. Uh, I can't do it by myself. There's a new program again uh, going against the, uh, not so much the advertisers. It used to be let's go after the advertisers for like Fox TV and so forth and say, hey, why are you advertising? We can't change your mind. But apparently there's a bottleneck. I guess, who, who sort of chooses the advertisers for the network and so on. And so these two gals have figured out where the bottleneck is and they've been successful in, in their letter writing campaign and their petition campaign of, of getting sort of these exchanges. That's what they're, they're like ad exchanges to drop some of these people that are, you know, horrifying. These Nazis, these, these people that are promoting uh, white terrorism in this country, people that are focused on dissent and, and you know, wrapping the flag around themselves and holding a Bible in one hand and fucking AR-15 in the other, you know, they're fucking all full of shit. Okay. They're not, they're not here for us. They're here for themselves. And so going after the ad exchanges is a successful way to sort of, again, tighten that news, tighten that funnel uh, for the, for that disinformation that's being disseminated purposely, obviously, as otherwise, you know, the government would have shut it down. So I think, I think it's the usual, um, the play of absurdity uh, among the proles, among the people, keep us divided and keep us fighting and so on. It's, it's like division is the big thing. But they get nervous if we start start organizing. Look at all the uh, union busting that's uh, coming up now from companies like Amazon, you know, Starbucks, and a couple other outfits hiring fucking Pinkertons. Pinkertons. Uh, as a union thug, show me a fucking Pinkerton. I'll show you a union thug, bitch. Seriously. But it ain't like the old days with fucking truncheons, man. These, these fuckers, a lot of them are, are coming out of the same. Um, what's the word I want to use here? I got I to choose my words carefully. Um, I don't want to say background, but 
coming out of the coming out of the same MOS <laughs> for uh, intelligence and surveillance and so forth. And so it's it's high tech. They're not out there fucking bowler hats and truncheons, you know, clobbering people over the head or firing fucking shots into crowds like they used to. No. They're going to be doing shit like, you know, finding union organizers or finding people who are sympathetic to it. Um, they're going to be doxing their platforms. They're going to be trying to find some kind of uh, situation that they can take advantage of to compromise these people, um, pay them off, whatever it is. And they're going to do everything they can uh, to make sure that, that unionizing doesn't happen because that puts more power into the work hands of the workers. Oh, you're a goddamn communist. You're a fucking socialist. No, I'm a fucking humanitarian motherfucker. And I believe that, you know, the workers should have a better share of the fucking thing that they're making. <laughs> when they didn't have the idea and it's not, it's not their building. And you're just, yeah, fuck you. Okay. Yeah, I don't care. I'm not I'm here to debate. Uh, there's nothing you can say that's going to fucking convince me. Because I've, I've got my mind made up just like you have in this case. And I'm going to side with the workers. Because I'm a worker. And anybody that doesn't do that act is always fucking mystifying, including the police union. Okay, guys, seriously, don't don't fucking fly your Gaston flags in your in your police cruiser, and and say don't tread on me when you're the fucking boot. All right, you got a union, you got a union that helps you with that fucking pension and all that shit that you guys try to protect. You know that's why you have the the the, the blue line and the code of silence is because most of you guys want to get your pension. And the reason why you have a fucking pension is because of the union. And the union's made of workers. And that means that you need to side with the other brotherhood and sisterhood of workers. Whether it's the industrial workers, whether it is the, uh, I talked to the guys down in Vegas, the, the, the 222 for the uh, uh, servers and uh, was it bartending. It's the thing I see, union jobs in Vegas are still pretty good. I talked to a couple of guys who've done fine. They're just, just holding out, trying to get their pension as well. You know, it's like, why are these waiters so, you know, kind of like my age and so forth, but they're looking good, feeling good. They got good health care. They got good bennies. They don't have like, you know, they're not saturated by hours. They still get tips. You know, so it's fantastic. Being in a union just allows you to have a contract with, with, with the boss to say, boss, this is what we're going to do. And this is what you're going to pay us for. And boss, this is what you're going to do to keep us safe. And now you're going to pay us and what you want us to do. That's honorifics. It's the same. It's the same in the fetish community, right? Before you get down, before you get down with the beat down, you, you gotta have that talk. You gotta have that sort of contract in place, that agreement. Like, what are you gonna do if you're the top? What are you gonna do if you're the bottom? What are you gonna do if you're the dom? What are you gonna do if you're the sub? Otherwise, you know, things can get fucked up. So having a contract is brilliant. And I learned that the hard way. I worked for the same outfit, one part of the uh Outfit was a grandfathered in down in Lane County with the union with SEIU, made all the difference in, in the problems that we had in the workplace with employees that were not doing their job and the supervisors not doing their job as well. And then I came up to Portland, jumped on their other thing, which was non-union, and it was it was a mess. It was hell. It was hell for the workers, it was hell for the people that were taken care of, it was hell for the management. Because again, you're just constantly reacting to situations. And in that situation is, is always sort of, you know, hard pressed for things that come up randomly anyway. But you have a contract in place that says you can do this, you can't do this, you can work this long, you can't work this long, you get extra pay. It really makes a difference. We owe that to each other. 
I mean, the reason why we have weekends and, and, and work days and things like that is because unions fought for that. Yes, did they get corrupt? Of course. Did they lose their way? Of course. No, no organization as big as is perfect as it gets bigger. That's the, the dynamics of systems. The bigger they get, the sort of more um, self-focused they become. And they want to just protect themselves to, to be, keep activating as a system. But you can put checks and balances in there. And, and as long as you do that and you follow that, then things can maintain itself in a way that is sustainable. And right now, the economy for workers in this country is not sustainable. The wages have not grown. And so these assholes that are buying up all the houses to, to control the rental market, that should be illegal. Same thing with the predatory lending bullshit. It should be illegal. But because they have the, the ability to hire lobbyists and special interest groups, uh, PACs and so forth, to, to buy the so-called representatives that we have, uh, they get a pass. So we got to kick back against that. So I'm happy to see people get in good trouble when it comes to unionizing. I, I'm happy to see people get in good trouble when it comes to uh, the rights of, of, of marginalized populations, whether it's people of color, women, etc. Trans rights, so on. It's all real. Accept it. Okay. Not everybody has to fit in your fucking box because you cannot conceptualize something different. This country is about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And as long as, as I'm living my life and my liberty is my pursuit of happiness, and it's not splashing onto you or stopping yours, then it should be allowed. Okay. Now I'm going to leave you with that because I think that's more than enough for today. And uh, of course, you know, Mr. Froggy got into court in here with a voice, save some for, for later. Yeah, some more palava. So again, I uh, appreciate the. Uh, I appreciate you waiting for me. I appreciate the, the, the comments, the likes, the supports, the shares, uh, the suggestions. I'd like to have some more guests, obviously, in the future. Uh, and there's some people that have already agreed to. I just got to follow up with them. Uh, some interesting people, you know, some people that have contact with, with things that, that maybe I don't fully understand, you know, like ghosts or whatever else. I think that's always uh, fun to talk about. Um, we got some other experts in other areas that I would like them to also share um, their ideas with the audience, even though it's a small audience, but at least it's a, an intimate, dedicated audience. You know that I'm here for you and I know you're here for me. And that's, that's sufficient. That's that connection I'm looking for. I want to share, I want to share what I have. So maybe it'll help you. Maybe it will create value for you. Even it's just distracting you for some sort of drudgery for an hour or so. All right. All right. Be cool. Uh, see you online. Thanks for everything. Love you guys. Tomorrow's another day. Fuck COVID. Fuck COVID. <laughs>